Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. Church, we need him. We need him. Mark chapter 5. We're going to read together the famous story of the lady that had the issue of blood. Now, when I say issue, we can't compartmentalize what the word issue means. Today, an issue in your life might be a grand decision that you have to make. It might be an important thing that you're doing in business. It may be a broken relationship that needs restoration. It might mean financial hardship. It might mean a physical issue that's going on in your body. It could mean anything and everything. But today, we're focused on this lady who had an issue of blood. And let's read the story together in Mark chapter five. Holy Spirit, just quicken our hearts now and quicken our minds, even as Pastor Matt prayed. Let you be visible, Jesus, to us today. Starting in verse 25, and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. 12 years. 12. How long was her issue? 12. How long did something plague her? 12. 12 years she was battling this trial, this tribulation. And guess what? It was something beyond her control. It wasn't something that she did that caused it. It was something that was happening internally in her physical body that was causing her to bleed and have a discharge of blood. And for 12 years, she struggled with this. And it goes on to describe that trial in her life. She had suffered much under many physicians. She had suffered much. The best physicians in the area, I'm sure she contacted. They did their very best to try to resolve the issue of blood within her body to no avail. And it says she suffered much. Surely you've been there in life with whatever issue. Maybe it's not a physical issue. Maybe it's something that you battle in your mind. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relational. Anything and everything today. You suffered much. Maybe you're suffering much today. She suffered for 12 years. And it goes on to describe that she spent all that she had. She spent it all. Financially, she emptied out all of her life savings to resolve the issue. She was reaching to those that she thought she could receive help from. She was emptying out her wallet that she might pay her way for a solution. But this is the statement of her life. She was no better, but rather grew worse. Can you imagine that being the statement of your life? You're no better. You're just getting worse. Those thoughts still plague you. That sin has still bound you. The relationship is still broken. It's not getting better. You've tried. You've tried. You've reached out to others. You've tried. 
You've emptied out yourself financially, but also emotionally, spiritually, mentally, etc. You've tried, but the statement of her life was that she was getting worse. Do you get the picture of her life? Not for a month, not for a couple months, not for a year, not even five years, not even a decade, 12 years of her life currently as we read this story. She's in her 12th year of suffering. What's the solution? She had heard the reports about Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. You see, this isn't something that we just say in Christian circles. It's not just something we're supposed to say, the name of Jesus. We are talking about Jesus. We are talking about the Son of God. We are talking about the Savior of the world. We are talking about God who came down in human form that he might die for you and I, but that he also might take the stripes on his back, that he might be our iniquity, that he might be our sin, that he might provide the healing that we need supernaturally, whether it be physical, mental, relational, spiritual, whatever it might be, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the true God. We're talking about the one that became the bridge for humanity and God himself, that we might accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we might be transformed, that God might begin to perfect in us what he needs to perfect, but also that he might be the source of life. Are you hearing me? That Jesus might be the source. Yes, he uses people to minister. He uses medicine to minister. He uses counselors to minister. He uses the church to minister to one another. But ultimately, the foundation is Jesus Christ. He is the source. He is the name above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And if we're going to bow and confess before him for all eternity, don't you think that he's all God powerful right now in this temporary state of brokenness and a sinful world that we can call upon the name of Jesus and that we can have faith to believe that he can do impossible things in our life? She heard the reports about Jesus. Wow. All of a sudden... She had a revelation. Hope welled up in her. All of a sudden, her despair. All of a sudden, her not knowing what to do. All of a sudden, her life statement of getting worse became engulfed in the hope about the reports of Jesus. Church, we need to get back to the revelation of who Jesus is in our life. We need to get back to the revelation of who Jesus is in our church. We need to get back to the revelation of who Jesus is in our community. And we need to allow despair. We need to allow the nonsense that happens in the issues of our life to go by the wayside and say, God, give me faith today that I might touch Jesus. That his presence might engulf me. That Jesus might be the supernatural solution that I can expect to receive. 
the Apostle Paul says, we're the most pitiful if we Christians just believe in Jesus for this lifetime only. And he's speaking of the supernatural ability of Christ to be our eternal savior. And underneath that umbrella, we're the most pitiful if we only believe that we come to church and can say the word of Jesus, the name of Jesus, and nothing happens. We should be the most pitiful. But we must ask God for faith, to have faith again, to believe that God can be in our lives and give us the revelation that we need to run to him. And so she had the reports of Jesus, and she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Before this story unfolds, we read another story of the story. And it says that Jesus got off of a boat and the crowds came and they just engulfed Jesus. They, they was thronged around him. They were pressing up against Christ because the word was out that here is this man named Jesus doing mighty miracles, doing the impossible things. And the witnesses were there. They wanted to see what was happening. And then there came a ruler of the synagogue, a church leader named Jairus, and he fell down at the feet of Christ. And he says, Jesus, will you come and lay your hands on my daughter for she is at the point of death. And guess how old she was? 12. The lady was suffering with the issue of blood for 12 years. Who's more important? The girl that's only lived 12 years and has the rest of her life ahead of her or the lady that's already suffered for 12 years and is just getting worse? Should Jesus have to make a decision who he should focus on? I'm here to tell you that you are valuable to Christ. There's no decision to make. He can look at your life and 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 my life and your life and say all to be done in his name that he can focus on all of us. No issue is less than the next. You know why? Because it's your issue and you're made in the image of God and he cares for you. And he knows what's happening in the recesses of your mind and the deep places of your soul. And Jesus is here to tell you today to reach to him. Let his presence come to you. He can do more in a moment in his presence than you can try to do in a 12-year lifespan to say, I need this resolved. I need to be able to make this decision. I need to make the right decision. I need to care for them. They're sick. What should I do? God can do more in a moment than you can do in a 12-year span. So the crowds have pressed up against Christ. The ruler fell down and Jesus then responded to the ruler and they began to go to the house of Jairus to heal his daughter. And en route to the house where the girl lay sick, here comes the lady with the issue of blood. You see, here's the deal though. In the times that she lived, Old Testament law said that she was unclean. She was impure, she had a discharge of blood. So, so the way that the Bible describes it in the book of Leviticus is that anything that she touched became unclean. Not just anything, but anybody. 
If she had a husband, they couldn't have relations because they would both now be unclean. If she sat down over here, that seat now would become unclean and that would have to be purified. If she went into a crowd of people, they would all become unclean if they touched her. And the only way for her to become clean would be that the discharge, the blood issue would have to be resolved. And then she would have to go through the process of having a a, a purity bath and then going to the temple and offering a sacrifice. And do you know what it meant for her to be unclean? She was cut off from the community of worship. She couldn't come to the temple and worship God. She couldn't go to a friend's house and hang out and, and be together. She was isolated. She was quarantined for 12 years. Now before this pandemic, that might have meant a little bit less. But all of us have an understanding a little bit, right, of what it means to be quarantined. I remember getting COVID this past February. And when the, the hardest thing wasn't necessarily the sickness itself. It was being quarantined from my kids. We were locked in our room, didn't want the kids to get sick. My three-year-old, he doesn't understand, and telling him, no, 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 don't come in. You can't touch me. The older kids, you can't touch us. I'm unclean. I have COVID. I don't want you infected. And here this lady was living this life for 12 years. She had a stigma on her life. So now we begin to see a desperation take. She heard the report of Christ. She heard the report of Jesus. And she said, I must go see the one that can make me well. All of a sudden, she understands that Christ supersedes the laws of the land because he is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. He is the fulfillment of the prophets. All is lost within him because he becomes the ultimate sacrifice. He becomes the one that can cleanse. He becomes the one that is the purifier. He becomes the one that is the sacrifice at the temple that she might be able to be clean but maybe she couldn't verbalize all those things. I don't know how much of the law that she knew. I don't know how much of scripture that she memorized, but surely she was told that this is projected to be the Messiah, and look what he's doing. And here she runs after Christ, and it says that she went to him. She came up behind him in the crowd, and she touched his garment. You see, he was on his way to heal the daughter of Jairus, the ruler. And following after the crowd, she began to press through the crowd. Following him. Following the crowd. And think what's happening. She's touching people. It's messy. Our issues in life are messy. When we try to handle them on our own, it doesn't get better. We need to go after Jesus. But you see the difference here? She wasn't wasn't throwing out the law. She wasn't throwing out logic. She wasn't being irresponsible. She had a revelation of Jesus. And she said, there's nothing that is going to hold me back to my solution. There's nothing that's going to hold me back to touching the Christ. And here she went through the crowd and she touched the hem of his garment. 
And that garment Jesus was probably wearing with the Jewish males wore with the tassels that hung down. And those tassels, according to Numbers chapter 15, revealed that God instructed the, them to wear the garment with the tassels on the four tassels on the four corners of their garment, reminded them of the commandments of God, reminded them to remember to keep his word, that they might not stumble, that their eyes might be focused on him continuously. And here she came and she grabbed a hold of the word of God. She grabbed a hold of Jesus in the flesh. The Word became flesh to her. Not only did he become flesh, he became her healer. And the Word says this, Jesus. <laughs> she said, if I touch even his garments, I will she had a faith that couldn't be predicted. She had a faith that didn't make sense. How many times are you going to believe for it to be resolved? A year? Two years? Seven? Well, the twelfth year, she had a faith like she never had before. The revelation built up within her about Christ and now she had a faith that was impossible. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it is impossible to believe. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without faith, we have no hope. Today, we need to ask God for faith. Today, you need to ask God, I trust in you only. Yes, I had these other things happening to try to resolve my issue. Once again, the issue is pertinent to you. It's dictated by you. What is engulfing your life? What is it that you need the touch of Christ? What is it that you can say, I need Jesus to touch me? Because she touched him. And it says immediately, verse 29, the flow of blood dried up. This is a real story. This really happened. And Hebrews chapter 13 tells me what? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus that we read about in this story is the same Jesus that is present to you today. Immediately. And Jesus stops and he says, who touched my garments? Who touched me? The disciples were like, Jesus, what are you talking about who touched you? There are people surrounding you, man. I don't think they said dude. They probably said Jesus, right? But bro, there, there's so many people surrounding you. What are you you're rubbing up against people? They're all touching you. No, no, no. No, no, no. Jesus said, no, somebody touched me. Somebody intentionally came to me with faith and said, I need Jesus. I need him. And then the women, in verse 32, after he looked around, he caught the eyes of the lady. She looked into his eyes. 
and she fell down knowing that it happened, knowing what happened to her. She came in fear and trembling. Why? Because she had to declare that she once was unclean. She once went through a crowd of people and touched everybody. And now that wasn't something you should do because now they're all going to be unclean. But Jesus has made me whole. And she began to confess what was wrong in her life and will be known by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb, amen. And hear the blood of the Lamb and foreshadowing what he was going to do on the cross. He said, woman, because, actually, he didn't say woman, he said, daughter, because of your faith, you have been made well. Amen. You have been made well immediately. And do you know her identity changed from being the lady who just kept getting worse be called the daughter of God. Do you know there's nowhere else in the gospel accounts of any other story, of any other woman that Jesus would call daughter? Do you know why he called her daughter? Because he was reconciling her to him. Because she had been quarantined from the temple. She had been quarantined from community. She was despised. Everything she did didn't make sense. She couldn't go here. She couldn't worship here. She couldn't participate in the Sabbath over here. She couldn't do anything without it being defiled. And all of a sudden, Jesus said, I have become the one that is defiled for you. You are cleansed. You are healed. You are saved. Go in peace. Please stand with me, please. Stand in the house. Stand in the house. Church, I'm telling you, there is something on this word this morning for you. God is reaching to your hearts and saying, you need my presence. Will you go after me? As I was praying before this service, I felt the Lord dropped in my heart for you specifically, that there's disappointment in there's disappointment here. You might have tried to reach Jesus and you feel like to no avail. The issue continues in your life. Can I tell you that there's supernatural, abundant power in the presence of Christ. That's a lie from the enemy. It's deceitful. It's the enemy's ability to try to play, play your mind that it doesn't work. Let me tell you, Jesus works. His presence works. It's real. He can change anything and everything. He can change you. So for the next few minutes, we're going to have the opportunity to say, Jesus, I need you. Let me go after you, Jesus, like this lady did. Not caring what the crowd thought. Not knowing what was going to happen. She just had faith. And she reached out and touched the word of God. So today, you need to touch the Word of God. You need to touch Jesus. If that means you get out of your seat, I dare you to have faith. If that means you dance where you're at, I dare you to dance. If it means you live, it's not about the physical manifestations, it's about the faith within you to say, God, I desperately need your presence. I need to touch the hem of your garment, Jesus. If I might just touch a little bit of your presence, I will be made well. And guess what? It's not about your issue. 
is that God might resolve your issue, that you might focus on Jesus, that he might connect you to his kingdom works, that you might reach other people for Christ. So right now, let's go after unabandonedly, unashamedly for Jesus. Do what you feel you gotta do. Walk this place, kneel down on these altars, worship where you're at. Let's worship, let's go after Jesus, he's here. God, we welcome you. We thank you, God, for who you are. We worship you, Jesus. At home, I'm quickening my, my spirit. You worship at home right now, or wherever you're at watching online. Pull the car over, worship Jesus. He's gonna minister to you. That's the promise that he's given to me. So let's worship together the Lord right now. Go after the Lord.